Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that really, really wishes that we could talk about WandaVision. That we, we could talk about WandaVision <laughs> yeah. with, like, spoilers be damned, really, really wishes that. Now, um, as the name implies, Netflix vs. Cinema, we usually talk about cinema and we usually talk about Netflix. Talk about which one of them is winning this fight each week for our eyeballs. We usually watch three things in cinema, we watch three things in Netflix and we weigh them up against each other and say where our money was better spent that week. Now it might have no, it might have escaped your attention. There's a small chance it escaped your attention that we can't really do that. Usually, we can do the cinemas thing. So, so what we are doing is every now every week we get together and we talk about what it is we've been watching, how our viewing habits have been changing. But for the cinema thing, I think I'm going to start doing the um, interviews again. We will be intermittently doing a film buff interview where we speak to somebody about cinema. And that will be a different show. The interview will be a different show, not part of this show. So we, so this show will be the review show where we'll talk about things online. And then we will do an interview with a film buff where we talk about different things that they see. Like the first one they ever saw at the cinema, the last one they caught before, the latest lockdown. <laughs> and, and questions like that. So, my name is Tosin. I am your host, based up in uh, Bromsgrove in Worcestershire. Joining me on the Isle of Wight, as always, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was a bit of a delay. <laughs> but yeah, so, Sharon and Sean joining me. Now, we... Um, we have a couple of things that we've been watching this week that we're going to talk through that we're going to that are on the deck. But before we do that, there is you guys have heard of Empire Magazine, right? Yes. You've heard of Empire, yeah. Empire Magazine, and they have a podcast as well that I have pretty much stopped listening to in the pandemic because I I didn't like the idea that I was stealing some of the ideas that we do on this show from what they do. So, <laughs> and yeah. also, there's also been a there's a bit of me where I think you know we've all been. Sean and I at Christmas when we both saw Wonder Woman 1984 we spoke about how it was actually a bit of an emotional experience being back in the cinema <laughs> and there's a bit of me that's yeah. kind of like I don't want to listen to you guys talk about cinema when there is no cinema which I know is a bit hypocritical because we do a <laughs> podcast about that stuff and if people are doing that to us then we have no listeners but hey for the 25 of you who are listening thank you very much <laughs> and so yeah. We had this thing, and they have written an article. I mentioned One Division. Sean and I have been watching One Division. Sharon, I don't think you have been. No, I don't. Have. Is that Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. Yes. Yes, I it, don't have that. It's on Disney Plus, and it's the first MCU TV show that they've done. So it, obviously, they were supposed to kick off with Black Widow, but things got pushed off, and they had plans for the Eternals last year, and they were going to bring out One Division, and they were going to bring out. Uh, um, uh, on this was going to be the first slate of TV shows that are directly linked to the films, like inextricably linked to the films that they have done. And One Division is the first one that they've done, and it is a show that, in this last two episodes, has ended up pretty much breaking the internet because people have been like, Whoa, "What does this mean?" And so. I just wanted to read a little bit of this because it talks about cinema, it talks about stuff, it talks about a lot of things that we have been talking about, and this is written by a guy called Ben Travis. He says, Any Marvel fa fan remembers the moment they first saw Captain America wield Molnir in Avengers Endgame. Sorry, there are some spoilers for the Marvel Cinematic Universe if you have somehow not seen any of those films. I'm sorry, you've had 10 years, we're going for it. So, Too late. <laughs> yeah. If, where we saw, okay. Any Marvel fan remembers the first remembers the moment they first saw Captain America wield Molnir in Avengers Endgame, promptly following by entire audiences losing their minds in unison. It was the same for Hulk battering Loki's face into a floor tile in Avengers Assemble, or the stunned silence that accompanied Thanos' universe-shattering snap in Infinity War. When Edgar Wright, the director of the Corner of the Network trilogy, asked Empire readers to send in their all-time greatest cinema experiences for the latest issue, all of these scenes popped up for a reason. In recent years, the MCU has, prove, has proven particularly adept at giving us moments. Moments is written in italics. Not just memorable plot turns, but indelible images and perfectly handled playoffs that united audiences in shared outbursts of joy, disbelief, or both. That is the very thing that we're missing right now. Not just the movies that remain long delayed amid the coronavirus pandemic, 
but the feeling of everyone experiencing something simultaneously. For nearly a year, it's been impossible to sit shoulder to shoulder with a packed audience in front of a big screen. And while streaming has kept us all going through lockdown, sitting separately in our homes with infinite choice of what to watch and when only gives us the movies. It does not give us the moments. But while it's not quite the same, there's one show right now that's finally given Marvel fans something akin to the moment, ev- to, to that moment, to a moment every week. The episode by episode rollout of WandaVision. Now, there's much we can say. <laughs> there's much you can say about, but I mean, the fact is that Sean came on, and the first thing, because, okay, Sean and I were on the call before Sharon came on, and the first thing Sean was like, oh my God, WandaVision. <laughs> Be- because I think. I think that this show, the first three, the, I think quite frankly, Sean, I think you'd like it because it's no secret that WandaVision has done this whole thing where episode by episode, it's kind of like going through the sitcom. It's like a sitcom history of American sitcoms. So the first episode is pretty much I Love Lucy. Second episode is Bewitched. Third episode is The Brady Bunch. That kind of, And there's, there's no secret, but what they have done with this show and the way they've linked to it and how they've managed to drop things that make that... There was a moment in the fifth episode that literally made my mouth fall oh, open. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, that was like, that was like, yeah, literally draw, jaw dropping. It literally it was, was. It was like, what is that? What? Oh, wow. It, it was, there's a moment in the fifth episode that is literally <laughs> jaw dropping. You're like, what? Huh? I remember watching. I was like, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What just happened? What just happened? And I just can't believe how these guys have done it because to be honest with you the first three episodes there was a lot of complaints and the rest of this article which i will not read but the rest of the article talks about how people were complaining that it was slow that the show is slow or what's going on and if it was any other people apart from marvel i probably would have not stopped watching maybe around about episode two but because it's marvel i was like i trust these guys these guys they have something up their sleeve there's going to be a payoff there is going to be a payoff there's going to be a payoff and Oh my God, was there a payoff? There was there a payoff, yeah. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not finished yet because there's only five episodes. And we we obviously have rules on this show that we don't talk about... Uh, we don't talk about... Uh, uh, we don't series. Talk, yeah, we talk about... Thank you very much, Sean. We don't talk about TV series until the series is over. Until the season's over. But oh my God, I really wish we could talk about this show. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish we could. And I think that they... But and it goes in talking about obviously talking about what we're missing with cinemas and all that. And I think the final set the final paragraph where it comes in, it says while cinemas remain closed in many parts of the world, this digital water cooler storytelling is the most satisfying viewing experience possible during the pandemic. For now, I'll gladly take one division piece by piece. And I I would, I mean, I don't know how they've done it. In an age where we thought it's all about binge watching. They have made something and said, no, you will wait every week. You will yeah. stew every week. You will come up with a whole bunch of ideas every week as to exactly what's going on. And we will take our sweet time. <laughs> and I love them for it. I absolutely, yeah. yeah, I love them for it. It might be Disney. They might be the family-friendly face of corporate evil. But, <laughs> but my God, they know how to make good tea. They know how to make tell good stories. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, like, like you say, with with it being the MCU, you, you just you knew it was going to be a, something was going to happen, didn't you? Really? Yeah. Even after the yeah. So. You, you know, and what if and the, there's a bit in episode four where they show a whiteboard, and on the whiteboard they have all these questions that that show they have something written on the whiteboard that shows you that they know what you're thinking about the show it's like there's a character who's written down all these questions that's pretty much every single question that you have asked yourself watching the show <laughs> and you're like oh my god these guys know they know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're doing i am so impressed i uh it, it's it's actually quite emotional it's it's, mm. it's kind of emotional uh i think when i finally see a marvel film in cinema again i might cry <laughs> oh my anyway that that's enough about me just thought i'll mention that because i know we've been talking about missing cinemas and about the difference between that and if there's anything that can that can fill the gap and i think marvel have come closest to doing something like that with with one division definitely with with one division yeah. it, it just makes you think okay what else are they go up their sleeves because we got falcon and winter winter soldier arriving in about a month then they have the low-key tv series coming and they have the hawkeye tv series and i am so ready for all of those to see what it is, what is it that they have 
to show us what is it that they try that they have in store for us i'm like okay fine you guys i thought I, i've and anyway i mean they're I'm doing a good job stop. <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say but they i mean disney really they they they, they're doing pretty well because I mean the Mandalorian as well for all those yep. Star Wars fans, you know. I mean that's just that's 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 the best crazy. thing in Star Wars for for years. For years, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the best thing in Star Wars. Definitely the live action Star Wars for absolute years. That's... And there was the there was the jaw dropping. I think we spoke about, it, but there was a jaw dropping moment in that really. At the... Yeah, there was. There was there was a moment that 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 attempted to break the internet that i did uh, yeah. as and, and when we spoke about the mandalorian i spoke about how i wasn't as i wasn't as oh my god Invested, about, yeah. Yeah, about that moment as a lot of people were and sharon if you've been paying attention to anything online you probably already know what that moment is but i've seen it i think the moment <laughs> that people talk about yeah because even though they say no spoilers they then put an image and they do a screenshot <laughs> and you go oh so you mean that screenshot is not the spoiler then? It's like, oh, it's like, oh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but this moment made me go, ah, and the screenshot, you're like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks okay. for that. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. You obviously do not understand the words you are saying. All right, yeah. cool. So, okay, Sharon, I've just gone on for a while. Sean had a little bit of, uh, Sean joined me a little bit in that, talking about One Division. So let's let you, let's. We'll give you the honor of, of the first thing, bringing of the first thing that we're going to review this week. And what is that? That is the latest Netflix release, um, Tom Hanks in News of the World. Right. So, okay, Thomas, so you have once again been a very good Netflix girl and you have listened to what you've been told or they've pushed in your face and said, watch this. And you went, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's on literally on the television magazine I buy every week for my mom because she doesn't get the hang of like searching for it on the telly so we buy her a, a magazine oh yeah and it was on the front page of the magazine and we were like yeah okay you know sold <laughs> all right so this is we'll tom follow H- the clickbait <laughs> yeah so this is tom grant tom tom hanks and paul greengrass re- reuniting after captain phillips so tell us what is yes. this about is is this really actually a, a sordid tale of um like you know a mid-90s sunday morning tabloid no, yeah, for fortunately for us, it's not got you know the page three girl and scandal on every page. Yeah. Um. So, anyone who's expecting you know um, sauciness and scandal, <laughs> this is not the film for you. All <laughs> but right. But if you want something a bit more intelligent, but with a few spills and thrills along the way, then this is something for you. So this is a Tom Hanks film. I don't know you all know Shawnee about this one. Um. If Tom Hanks has done many westerns before. Um, I could not picture him in western mode. No, I don't. No, not. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. No, this is not a full-on western, but it is basically. I don't know, I don't know if Toy Story would count because he's a cowboy. <laughs> but... He's a cowboy uh, now. No, no yeah. he hasn't done any westerns. I'm pretty sure of that. Good, good call. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> so that's his closest. But yeah, so this is set in 1870. He is a retired um, Confederate former captain and his name is captain something something like phillips jefferson something kid so he is captain kid and he um came home from the wars things were not as he had left them obviously he being southern his um the south he was from texas the south was being reconstructed um and so he basically took to the road he was an educated man he was a printer and he was in his passionate about words and about stories so he made a living by subscribing to newspapers from all over the country and occasionally the world and basically taking them from town to town and reading the stories to a largely illiterate and ignorant public so he would say if you want to know what's going on in the world or what's going on in the next village over because there's before the days of you know you telegrams were only for communicating, you know, major news stories. You were basically a cut off and isolated within your own community. So he took the road and just read the newspapers to people, and they would come along and they would pay him um, to hear him, almost like sort of Charles Dickens did his dramatic readings oh, yeah. of his yeah. novels. Oh, yeah. um, it's a similar thing where he would take a, a newspaper heading and say, "This week in Pennsylvania," and he would sell it as a showman basically 
So on one of his journeys, he comes across a ruined wagon and he finds a a man who has been lynched and look ex- examining the scene of this event, he comes across a young child, a little blonde girl who is not a tiny, tiny. She's about sort of 10, 10 stroke 11. So she's not a little girl, but she speaks no English. And from from what words he can get out of her, she only speaks Kiowa. Okay. Which was a Plains tribe in the American West. Yeah, so one of the Native so American tribe languages. One of the Native American tribes, yeah. Um, and so he examines the wreckage of this wagon and he finds the papers that say, what have say that the man that was hanged was a government agent. He was an Indian agent. And this girl had been recovered from a Kiowa village and was being taken back to white civilization mm. and they have identified that she may still have some living relatives she had been captured by a, in a Kiowa raid six years before so from the age of about two and a half three she had lived with the Kiowa and she was now being taken back to her what they've identified as been her German relatives who are homesteading in the south of Texas so he takes this young girl um, to the nearest army fort and they say, well, with the death of that Indian agent, we don't have any other Indian agents. She can either wait here for three months and we've got no one to look after her. And you, if you want to look after her, you can stay with her for three months till the next Indian agent comes along. Or, you know, you can take her yourself to where you know, her, her family are. And that's what he decides to do. He decides to take her through Texas on his journey. He's going to keep, keep doing his readings and take her back to her own relatives. Do you know and that's where the story true... progresses. So do you know if it's based on a true story? I think it's based on a novel. I don't think it's okay. based on a true story. At the very end, you know, I always scroll what, <laughs> what, where, this, where the source material is on the credits is before they go very tiny and then disappear. Yeah. I'm like waiting. Yeah. And yes, it did say based on a novel by. So it, I think it is fictitious. All right, cool, cool. But it's something that could have happened. But so, and then there's on, on this journey again. It's like a little bit of an odyssey, a bit like Hostiles. It reminded me of where you oh, get these yeah. little, little incidents mm. along the way. You have a journey, and that journey is not just a physical one. It's it's a multi-layered. It's thematic and it's spiritual and it's redemption and it's yes. And yeah. you encounter these obstacles and different things that, as well as being an obstacle to overcome, as a lesson to be learned in each one of them. Yeah. And so there are those moments of drama action violence tension fear so you have these these encounters along the way and and you know as they get on their journey oh. and so yes you follow these these this unlikely coupling oh. um as they go to their is this a movie or a series sharon a film. It's a two-hour film. film. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, sounds, right. sounds quite intriguing. It, it it does sound intriguing. And okay. And mm. now you you've set a high bar by mentioning Hostiles, a film that all three of us, not many people have seen, but all three of us absolutely love and think is yeah. a genius, yeah. genius, yeah. genius film. Yeah. So how is this film? I I would rent it. Would rate it as um, a quality film. Actually. Yeah. I think. I don't didn't feel that there was anything wasted in it. Because no. you know how sometimes when you've got the American landscape, especially the West, you do tend to, you can edge into self-indulgence where they look at the landscape and they go, just look at the landscape, let the landscape <laughs> tell the story. And I don't think they had any of that. I think this was like, when you looked at the landscape, you see it in connection to the people who are playing the that you who are the, the center of your story. So you see it in terms of their isolation or in terms of their struggle to survive. And so it's, it, has a, it has a role other than just being pretty. <laughs> so I didn't think there was any, anything was wasted in it. And where it was needed to be dramatic, it was dramatic. And where it needed to be a bit more thoughtful, it was. It didn't tell you what to feel by you know over egging the music or over egging the sentiment yeah um but you but you were keeping pace with it so yeah. i thought yes in terms of you know characterization pacing and landscape and setting to me it all worked how many and star- so i 
Yes. I liked it, so I'd give it a four-star film. I would make mm. it a, a solid four-star. I wouldn't didn't just creep in there to me. It was a solid four-star. Yeah. My only reservation was this is a small thing, and this was just because of the when we watched it. I watched it with my mum, and we watched it on a smaller television set. Yep. And we found because it used natural lighting, so where it was candlelight, it wasn't like oh, fully okay, illuminated gotcha. rooms. Yeah. Some of the rooms were quite murky, and so we were both of me and my mum were sort of peering, going. Can you see what's going on? I can't see what's going on. Can you tell who's talking? Who's that? <laughs> and so every now and then we'd be like, if we'd been on a bigger screen, a probably better quality screen, you would have seen the depth of it. But to yeah. us, it was a bit of a murk. Yeah, it, and that was, I think that was more about our landscape, our environment than, than what we thought was filmed. Made for a cinema screen. I we, think so. I think this was not a... This was not by no means a direct. I don't think this was the intended platform for this film. Yeah. I think they intended it to be for better things. So mm. it was a quality, yeah, but it was a quality film. I think it was a solid four, um, worth a watch. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. It's funny though because the way you were talking about him going around and speaking to places to from place to place. Sean, it reminded me of, uh, you remember The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Western movie. And that's like a whole bunch of little vignettes. And one of them is about somebody who goes from town to town and does like almost sort of Shakespearean readings. And how yeah. that, that was that was yeah. their cinema. That was the cinema where they would they would gather together and they listen to this person because they're like, oh my God, yeah, what have you got? Yeah, tell us, tell us. Tell us all about yeah. it. <clears throat> right. And there's a one particular scene I won't go into detail on, but you can see how... You can use words to sort of affect quite a dramatic change and be. We've seen it, you know, with like the impeachment thing that's going on in America. How a words, a phrase, can be taken and then people run with it. And so um, it was interesting to see this sort of almost like a parallel in this film about someone who has a uses one phrase and everyone goes, yeah. It triggers more than was than you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, good. Power good. words. Good stuff. I didn't realize. I knew that was coming, but I did not realize it'd been released. So it was out. It was released yesterday. So it was literally. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. I had the alert ping on my phone to say this is a film that you might want to watch. <laughs> oh, wow. And I said, "You're right. It is." <laughs> for once, for once, that is actually something like. <laughs> I do not want to watch the fifty other series you sent me. <laughs> but that film, I will. All right, cool. Because I was beginning to worry that Wonder Vision had dragged me away from Netflix. Because I feel like with Wonder Vision, Disney Plus are bringing out some big guns. Mm. Yeah, D- yeah, D- yeah. Disney Plus are going like, yeah, Netflix are coming for you. All right, so um, let's see. We have eight minutes. We have eight minutes. Sean, do you reckon that we can finally talk about King of Staten Island, which you've been holding yeah, over for like two weeks? <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, we could go about that. Have you seen it now? I have seen The King of Statalina. You've yes. seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I was, I mean, the the reason I watched this is because um, I watched, I mean, I'd never seen the film before. I'd never seen The 40 Year Old Virgin, right? Until oh, yeah. Really, yeah. really recently. I'd never seen that film. So, and because it was one that I didn't think would appeal to me, but I found it quite, quite, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed this film. And this is done by the same director, Jude Apatow. And, uh, yeah. Judd Apatow and so and it's funny I had to I had to keep watching it and I, I wouldn't say you know I couldn't work out whether it was a comedy I think it was a comedy but then it, it was it had sort of some serious undertones and all that yeah. but it was it was compelling watching it was it was uh, compelling watching and I sort of had to to watch it and um, yeah uh, I thought the acting was pretty cool I don't know the the guy who played the Pete Davidson Pete Davidson yeah, I I'd not really. I don't think I'd seen him in anything before. So, uh, or, I mean, I may have, but not that I recognised him. So, um, and then there's a comedian who plays Ray, who I, I did recognise. Bill Burr, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's been in a few bits. But yeah, no, I thought this was a. I thought this was a. Um, a really decent film. You know, it was it was watchable. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was mind blowing, but it was certainly a watchable movie. You know, it's. I, I suppose the story is. Do you want me to say the story a bit, or do you want to do this? Well, story? yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, Judd Apatow, he sort of, uh, he specializes almost in sort of slacker humor or arrested development humor, where there, yeah. there are men who you think you should be more mature than you are right now. And yeah, yeah. so the central character of Scott is played by Pete Davidson, and he is a guy whose dad was a firefighter, and his dad died when he was quite young. And for so he died, his dad died when he was seven. He's now 24 years old. 
But that is his excuse for never doing anything in his life. He's like, my dad died. How do you expect me to do anything? My dad died. I'm still living at home. My dad died. I'm. Um, that's why I like essentially his junior sister, who ha- barely knew their dad, is about to go off to university, and she's scared about leaving the house because she's like, are you going to be okay? And this is his junior sister, who is probably about seven years his junior, and she's like, are you going to be okay? Because you know. Uh, I'm going to leave you here. Are you going to Are you going to be good to mom? Are you going to? And she's worried about that because this guy is just like he is. And so so far, so much it sounds like my many of the other Judd Apatow movies. It sounds a little bit like knocked up. It sounds mm-hmm. like uh, like you know, all oh, these guys. They should be. There's a group of friends. They just sit around and they get high and they do nothing, and it's and they have no ambition in life. Isn't there anything good? And so and so that's why one of especially when he had Pete Davidson because he is on. Saturday Night Live. That's the thing that he's probably most best known for. Saturday Night Live, and he's a little bit one nose. He's oh, he's also known for being engaged to Ariana Grande, who is right. yeah. I mean, Sean, you might know who that is. Sean, I'm not sure if you know who Ariana Grande is, but she's. I only know her because of the Manchester bombings. I don't ah. know her music. Yeah, you don't know her music, so you know that she's kind of like you know the Madonna of today. So like you know, it's like oh when wow, Ma- it's like I had no idea like- she was that big. She is. She's pretty big. So it's kind of like, you know, in the 80s when Madonna got engaged to Sean Penn and everybody all of a sudden went, who's Sean Penn? (laughs) Even though people, and it's a bit like Pete Davidson. It's like he got engaged to Ariana Grande and everyone was like, who's Pete Davidson? And it never went anywhere. But that's what he's best known for. But I've always found him a little bit one note. I found him a little bit one note in a lot of things he's done. So that's why this film... When it was released, I heard a lot of things about it. People were like, oh my God, this is actually good. It's actually really good. It's a really, really good performance from Pete Davidson. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen the guy do anything different from his usual shtick. He's somebody who has the shtick and, and yeah. I'm not sure I like I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, well, I, that's the first time I've really seen him in anything. So, yeah. you, you know, and um, so, but I can, I can see he was pretty much, I could see actually him being like same sort of character and other stuff you know i mean uh, it's, it's quite a good observation because he's got a unique look about him so i mean he, he does he, yeah, yeah. You, you know he probably wouldn't be able to play anyone else i don't expect any or, or, it, you know he'd have to play that sort of role because he has you, got a pretty unique look you, you wouldn't fair, cast it you wouldn't cast him as an action star you wouldn't cast him as a matinee idol he, he does no. he doesn't have that he he nobody looks look like yeah nobody looks nobody like pete davidson like <laughs> nobody but, yeah 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 so yeah that's i mean I well, thought um, I thought the rest of the acting was pretty good, and it was nice to see um, old old Buscem, Steve Buscemi. So yeah, but, yes, I yeah. seen him for a while. Yeah, he was, it was it was nice to see him in it, um, and I I sort of I I don't know if I don't know if how realistic it would be that they could do that. You know what I mean? In a oh yeah, in a, with, uh, in a there's, fire there's a whole thing about the fire station and all. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that would be. I mean, possibly. I mean, it depends. I suppose. How, how relaxed things were and all that, but um, yeah, and, and there was quite a funny scene on the beach with the the little nipper. <laughs> oh, come here, come here! So that was, that that quite amused me, you know, the bit I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I know, the, I know the bit. I know exactly the bit you're talking about. It's, it, it, he's entirely, it's entirely irresponsible. It is entirely, it's entirely like the yeah, You're watching it going, no. No, you cannot do that. You cannot do you, that. You cannot do that. To, you cannot do that to a kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So. so yeah, but, I, I mean, I had moments, but yeah, your observation with him, you know. You know well, because I've seen him in other stuff, but I, I have to say, I actually think this is the best I've ever seen him because right. he brought like yeah. nuances to that sort of slacker character that I haven't seen him do anywhere else. Where it's and it when you do a little bit of digging behind the film, you know, he plays a character called Scott. And it turns out that in real life, Pete Davidson's dad was called Scott because at the end of the film, it says dedicated to Scott Davidson. And the whole thing about in the film is that this guy has an arrested development and he blames it on the fact that his dad died when he was young and his dad is a fireman. And his dad died by going into a building to save people and then the building, the ceiling fell down in on him. Pete Davidson's father was called Scott, was a fireman and died in the line of duty. So... Yeah, so I think a lot of this film is so like semi autobiographical. He's from Saturn Island, hence the thing, the the title of the film, King of Saturn Island. And I thought that it, um, it I thought that it brings something very, as I said, it's it's kind of nuanced, as you say, Sean. It's kind of one of those films where nothing much happens, but at the same time, you find yourself being drawn in, and you find yourself being drawn in by the performances and by the situations and by the fact that you know 
what's going on. His mom starts seeing somebody and he starts acting out like a little child and what's that going to go in? But the moments where it tries to be touching and it tries to bring everything back together really, really work. <laughs> they, they For me, they, they really, really work when they're bringing people back together and they're saying, okay, fine, I know this is... And even the bit where he has to... Like, if you're going to tell a story like this, he's going to have to come out of his arrested development at some point. The bit where he starts coming out of it doesn't feel as hackneyed i mean there's still a little bit of hollywood schmaltz thrown in there but it doesn't feel as bad it feels like okay yeah that i could imagine that that would happen with this with these sort of characters but i think i agree with you sean i think the performances are great uniformly i think bill burr brilliant pete davidson marissa tomei oh my god i would watch anything oh yeah 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 she's she's great in everything she's brilliant in everything she's brilliant in everything she plays his plays his mom and 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 an actress called bell powley who oh she's british isn't she she's british she's british but she plays she plays a staten island native in this and i think she does really well so i can't speak about the accuracy of her staten island accent but i kept trying to catch out the knowing that she's british i kept trying to catch catch her slipping into something british or something where i can go yeah she's english yeah you're not from staten island you're from leicester or wherever it is she's from (laughs) (laughs) and i couldn't do it i mean she was she was just really really i I thought she was was. quite she was really convincing in it um in these sort of films it's all about the men so she doesn't have that much to do but what she does in the small time once she's on screen it's just kind of like okay yeah i've got this i've got this so i think it's it's one of these films that's it's quite slight but they managed to get quite a bit in there and they managed to tell a good story of a group of people that... And J- Judd Apatow, one of his things was he would always... He would... <laughs> oh, God, I just, thought, I just thought of something, yeah. Judd Apatow was always really good at combining the fart with the heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the kind of thing he would do. So you watch Knocked Up, there'll be gross out bits, but then there'll be a bit where it's... And it's all, his films are usually often about a man child growing up a little bit that's that's what it is and i mm. think this is like a different wrinkle a different string to his bow of that type of film i i really really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i thought it was brilliant i would uh, i would give it i think i'll have to give it a 4 out of 5 you give it a 4 yeah yeah i would probably i mean i would i would give it a solid 3 yeah. i would give it a solid 3 for me um yeah, you, you know, I enjoyed it. It was compelling watching. It wasn't like it wasn't like super super mind blowing, but it was you know it's it was watchable. I enjoyed it. I didn't you yeah. know feel feel there was anything really untoward or yeah. So I mean yeah, solid a solid solid three. Yeah, yeah, because I mean yeah, when you say that there's nothing much happening in it. If you were going to summarize the plot of the film, it's it's um, man child grows up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, that that is the plot of the film. Manchild grows up a little bit, so it's um and it's but but yeah, I I was I was pleasantly surprised at it because mm. I mean I I think if it wasn't for you, Sean, I don't think I would have watched it, even though I'd heard it was good. I just couldn't believe it was. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, all right. Now and now we go on to uh, a film that I saw. I think we both saw that on Sky Cinema, didn't we? Sky Cinema on yes, Now TV. Yeah, Sky, Sky, yeah, 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 Sky, yeah. And there's another film I saw on Now TV because I was watching. There is a YouTube channel called What Culture, and they do these sort of you know when you see um, YouTube videos such as like you know the top 10 horror movie deaths um, yeah yeah yeah, or, or, yeah. yeah. And all that yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 essentially you know okay so there's a there's looper looper I, is more american and what yeah culture, I, watch, I watch looper quite a lot yeah what yeah. culture is british so what culture oh, is right, okay cool yeah, what culture is british and they had a list that said the top 10 films that were released in 2020 that disappeared or they didn't really hear much about because they weren't really cinemas about so the films weren't getting that uh, but they're like these are the best films yeah. that we saw that were released there and because now sean there was a film called spree that you watched that you were not too hot on yeah <laughs> you remember that's right and spree was part of the list so when i when i saw that i was like oh i don't know about that but they, they there was a film that they had called mortal which i decided you know what i'm gonna give this a go because i could actually find it it's on now tv so I watched Mortal, and this is uh, it's pretty much half Norwegian, half English. And the whole idea behind it is that it starts off and you're in Norway, and this guy wakes up in the middle of a forest. You know, you can see that he's been living rough for a while, has like a big beard, long hair, all that. And he wakes up, and you can see he's having trouble like in his dream or anything. The when he wakes up, the forest is on fire. 
forces on fire around him and you can see that almost as if he feels this has something to do with him and you see that he raises up his leg and his leg his leg is charred his and you're like okay, okay what's going on here and it, it carries on that he's he breaks into a pharmacy he gets some stuff he tries to clean himself up he tries to clean up his wounds and he's like limping along and some sort of like you know Norwegian teenager sort of drive past him in the car and go, hey, what's wrong with you? Hey, we're talking to you. And they start trying to bully him a bit. And he just, he tells the, he tells one of the guys, he's like, if you touch me again, you'll burn. And the guy's like, yeah, what? And touches him and then falls down. Falls down dead. And oh. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, they're, they're going, what the heck's going on? They take him to a, to a, to a police station. They bring in a, 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 a psychologist to sort of work with him. And to try and figure out what is going on with this guy, how come what, how come this kid died? What did you do to the kid? All, and as it goes along, it shows up that this guy has started developing some sort of abilities that he doesn't know how to control. He doesn't he doesn't know what they're about. He's an American, which is where all the English comes in. He's an American with a Norwegian roots who came to visit his family. And there is this story about two years ago. He was at a farm with his family, and there was a fire, and everybody died but him. Like every. Uh, and so what it so what it turns out as it goes on is that they think that he might be a reincarnation of a Norse god, and wow. this this made me think a little bit of the TV show that you watched, Sharon Ragnarok. Yes, Ragnarok. Yeah, we're, I was thinking of that when you were saying about no, I was thinking mm, sounds like my Norwegian yeah. program I saw. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it sounds. I, I think these might have come from the same brainstorming session. Because that was about Norwegian people pretty much taking their mythology and giving you their take on their yeah. on their gods and not leaving it all up to Marvel, and <clears throat> and this I think has a very sort of sim- similar similar uh, sensibility. It's kind of like you know when you have a Scandinavian noir TV show and you have all these people who look who look like you know they look TV ready but uh, but craggy at the same time, all in this yeah. lovely chunky knit jumpers <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. So it looks like imagine if you tried to make a superhero movie in a Scandi noir setting. So like in The Killing or Bergen or The Bridge or something like that. This yeah. is what you would make is <laughs> this film. It's directed by a guy called Andre Odreval, I think is how you pronounce it. And he um he is the guy who directed a film called Troll Hunter. I'm not sure whether you guys remember the Oh, I love Troll Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I love Troll Hunter too. Yeah, he's the same guy who okay. directed Directed. Drive! Drive! <laughs> that was clever. That was a clever movie. I yeah, like that. yeah, and and you can see elements of that kind of approach in this, where you know you take something like because Troll Hunter was all about Norse legend and Norse myth- mythology and feeding yeah. it into like you know modern day ways of like oh you know all those stories we were telling you they were actually true <laughs> and and this this has something like i don't think it's as effective as troll hunter i think it drags a bit i think um nat wolf who plays the american it's if it has that feeling like you know we shoved an american in this so people would watch it so <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, besides, no one's gonna watch just a norwegian film yeah, no one's just gonna watch a norwegian <laughs> film with subtitles no. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, because I'm watching from going. There's absolutely no reason for this guy to be American whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> there's no reason for him to be American whatsoever. But the way they go about it, and the way that, and the, there's this funny. There's a subplot where Americans show up. Americans show up, and the the thinking behind the American show. You know, okay, you know when Americans show, they just want to go and shoot shoot everything. And yeah. and there's the thinking behind the Americans showing up. They're saying like, look. If this guy is actually a reincarnation of a Norse god, think about all the Christians in the world. Think about all the Muslims in the world. They are going to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, they're going to lose it if it turns out that they were wrong and this Norse thing is actually right and this god actually does exist. So, in other words, we can't let him exist. We can't let him survive. (laughs) It's the way they go about it. But at the same time, you have this thing where people are beginning to believe. Like, the local police chief, he's beginning to wonder... He, he talks about believing in God and all that. And he, he keeps looking and going, is this actually, is this what we're thinking that's going on? Is this what? And, oh, okay, let's let's have a look. And you have all these, then you have, when the news starts getting out with social media and everything like that, you start having people who start coming and asking for this guy to touch them and all. And all the while, the guy's just trying to figure out what's happening to him. And he's trying to get back to the farm where it all started because he thinks there might be something there. And the... 
you know, with the other week we were talking about UK films versus US films and yeah. and endings and all that. And this is such a Norwegian film because the way the the point <laughs> the point at which the film ends, no American film is going to end there. People would burn the cinema down. I mean, it's like, no, no. <laughs> but the point at which it ends, I actually quite like the way it ends. I like the I like their take on the on the sort of Norse mythology. And because the things you've seen of Norse gods, it's um, uh, I'm trying not to give away what the Norse god is. But then again, if you think about it, there is one Norse god that stands out above all the others that everybody knows about. And the way they do it, it's it's the way I'll say it, it's it's done in a very Scandi noir way. It's not done in a spandex flashy way. It's done in a very oh oh yeah. This is this is this is what the this is his costume, and his costume looks like he could just be a blacksmith. Or something like that. Yeah. So I I thought it was quite good. I I think it's a three out of five. As I said, not as good as Troll Hunter. I think it's quite slow. I think there's an hour that goes on before anything really goes on. But I feel like that might be that might just be the Norwegian way of telling stories. As a because even with Troll Hunter, I remember thinking that it was good and everything, but there were some times I was watching Troll Hunter thinking, okay, this is dragging on a bit. Where are we going with this thing? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I would give, um, I would give Mortal, Mortal three out of five. But if you can catch that on, cine- on Sky Cinema, I think, I think it's worth a watch. And now we come to our yeah, final, might... yeah, sorry, sorry, Sharon. No, I say, I'll, I'll write it down because I tend to. As we've said before, sometimes we do a film review and we go, well, someone's watched that. I don't need to watch it. Yeah. And so I have got my trusty pen and my trusty notebook. Yeah. And so I can I'll write that down. Yeah. I'm, 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 I know I'm definitely planning to go find news of the world. Uh, and now, Sean, we get to you yes. for the second film for you this week. What you said is, is it a film or a TV series? It's, it's, uh, it's a film. It's a film. It's on Sky Cinema again. All right. And it's it's, it's a recent one. I think I think it was one that was probably due to be released at the cinema, yep. but obviously they released it. And um, it's called the Twenty Fourth, mm-hmm. and it it takes place in um. It's about a a, a black regiment of soldiers basically that Ooh. have been stationed in Houston, um, and it's nineteen seventeen. So a lot of people okay. have, have gone off to the war, and there's. There's there's one bit which I think was taken straight out of glory. Really, you've got um, uh, so you've got quite a, a, a northern educated like uh, non commissioned officer like a corporal, and obviously you've got someone who's come from from uh, a South. really horrible background. So originally, there's a bit of to start off with. There's a bit of animosity between them, you know, because he says, "Oh, you're one of these privileged ones. You're blah 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 blah," and um, but obviously. They, 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 sort of as, as they begin to respect each other for their different backgrounds. Um, yep. And 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 the commanding officer, um, who's who's really really sympathetic because they don't get treated particularly well by the townspeople and even the townspeople law people. They do not, you know, they they've got to be really careful. They like they go into town one day and one of them gets arrested and beaten up. Well, yeah. Well, being black, being black in America. Yeah, in exactly. So you're in Houston. Yeah. You're in Texas. And yeah. There's absolutely no respect at all. Anyway, the, the the commanding officer who's who's sort of in charge, shall we say, um, he has to he has to go away. That he gets another posting, and there's this horrible sort of junior officer, which which doesn't like, uh, you know, he doesn't like him anyway. He's really cruel and horrible, and and beats him and that. But anyway, cut a long story short, there's this incident that goes on in town where where one of the the soldiers gets beaten up. Um, and then it gets back that he's been killed, and there's another one that is, has gone to a house to sort of hide because he and and they start to get really really worried. This, this regiment gets really really worried. Yep. So in the end, the sergeant says to them, "I mean, it's based on a true story, apparently." Um, right. Okay. Let's. Uh, I mean, you can read all about it, so it's not really spoiled. Anyway, so the soldiers, he goes, "Right, let's get the arms, get the arms, get the arms," and the young officer saying no no put them back in that but anyway and then they just march into town and 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 cause a bit of havoc in the actual town itself so they go go, and and then there's obviously the aftermath because there's all the inquiry the national i mean basically what happens is they shoot some national guard peeps so they're not like shooting the the nasty people they accidentally and Mm. then they suddenly realize what what's gone on of course they're a military unit so they they're quite you know as they march through the town they're like okay yeah so well, so yeah, so 
that's 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 basically the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, this was this this was a this was <laughs> I seem to be watching a lot of movies like with the with that sort of culture now. But it was yeah no, I mean this this was a terrific movie. It was it was the acting was was first class. So I say I think there was some some moments taken out of glory they borrowed from glory especially the the scene with the the educated um but yeah i think i i would i would really really like you to watch this toast i'd yeah, really yeah. like you to watch this because i think i think and and sharon as well i think i think it would be worth a watch for that so i and mean this had everything to is, set it in, Pardon? is it entirely set in america and yes yeah yeah it's, it's 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 yeah in houston yeah no, no they these soldiers are not they've not gone to europe at all i mean they do sing the song over there over so they're yeah. you know but they've been stationed in houston and obviously they're not particularly made to feel feel welcome, welcome at all you know? yeah well, so. no no that is once you said that once you said this is a this is a, a film and you said 24th you said um all black regiment of soldiers i was like okay yep yep i want to see this because i feel like this is Actually, is this based on a true story? I'm trying to find out. Okay, I'll, uh, but I, anyway, I'm like, there, there's a certain type of story that that uh, you know I've, I've spoken about this being being black. Mm. I mean, there's a certain type of story that I feel needs to be told, but at the yeah. moment I don't I don't particularly feel I need to watch. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if you said, oh, it's about like you know a black guy who got like you know um, falsely accused. Already, I'm like, no, I, I've seen that film. I've seen that film yeah, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't need to see that film. But when you said that, but there's areas where it's kind of like, you know, where there's almost this thing where it's like black people have been erased from history of the things that they did. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, when you said 1917, all black squad, and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Now, this is something that I want to see. <laughs> this is, a, this is, yeah, a bit of, yeah, this is the kind of black story that I'm ready to watch. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's you know it's 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 very factual. It's not like either one side or the other. You know, the the, the portrayals are, are just like I could imagine. You, you know, to me, this was a realistic film as well. It yeah. wasn't like there wasn't like these moments where I go, you know, I cross my legs and huff and puff and go, oh, no, I would not. It, it's, that yeah, no, it's you know? it's no it's not the five bloods. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, this was you could imagine, you know, because. Yeah, I mean, it was. It must have been a terrifying, terrifying time. You know, it must have been a really, really terrifying time, mm. because, you know, the townspeople more or less, even though the lawmen, you know, they're more or less. There's because there's one scene where the the soldier actually arrests someone who's not particularly good and takes him to the police station and says, "I want you to arrest this this man." And they're like, "No, we're not. We're not arrest." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah, no, there's, it's, there's essentially, it's like actually. That. Uh, a black man who do you think you are trying to arrest trying to arrest uh, trying yeah, to arrest yeah. one of us uh, <laughs> and i mean i mean to be fair to the marshal he did say yeah you know let's take him in but he, he didn't get charged or anything but do you know what i mean it was a case of they were like horrified that this 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 soldier yeah this, this it, it, soldier had arrested someone yeah it, it, well you know and yeah he's supposed to be respected he's a soldier he's a, he's a united state you know he's a he's a soldier he's respected and it's like yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the it's one of those things where they, uh, and it's 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 I can imagine it. The, the whole idea is that people that you've been told these are the rules, play by these rules, and things will be fine. And you mm -hmm. do everything, you play by the rules, you go there, you you dedicate yourself to your country, you do all that, and at the end of the day, they still think, no, you're yeah. you're you're not supposed to be here. Like there's the okay, you know Kanye West, yeah, the musician. He is a, a lot of the time he's an idiot. A lot of the time he's an idiot. But he, but there, there are some ways in which he's a bit like Lord Byron because you know Lord Byron, brilliant poet, but as a human being, an idiot. Not particularly nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bit, bit, bit like bit, bit like Picasso as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, like I feel Picasso. like I feel like Kanye West is a little bit like that because he says things like he he'll write a song and he'll put something in the song and you're like, oh my god, that is so poetic, that is so good. Then. He'll open his mouth and say something in real life, and you'll be like, uh, <laughs> "No, why?" And there, there is a song he has on his first album called "All Falls Down," where he sort of he he, he mentions that and he he encapsulates that in a song, where there's a bit where he talks about 
trying to get ahead in America, trying to get all the things. And then he talks about getting to the top and he, and he has this line where he goes, even if you're in a Benz, you're still an N-word in a coupe. Mm. And it's mm. and it's really that, that kind of idea. And I think that a lot of what we've seen over the last year has been people going, well, we tried to do it the way you said we should do it. We did all that stuff and still, <laughs> and still we're not being treated like we're part of this country. So thanks for that, Sean. That is one I did not know about. I'm going to go find 24th and I'm going to stop. I'll get off my soapbox right now and stop doing that. But how many stars would you give it? Four. Four stars. Four Solid star. four stars. Great four, four stars. Four yeah. stars for really, the we're, we're Terrific. As I say, I think it should have been shown at the cinema. Mm. So, you know... I, there's a lot of films that are popping up here and there that I'm actually thinking, this was so meant for the cinema. Like, there's a yeah. film on Amazon Prime at the moment called Greenland with Gerald Butler. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard yes. about that. It's supposed to be... Someone else said that. Yeah, they said about that. That'd be... Yeah, yeah it, it's supposed to be good. Uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, essentially, this and it's is, Gerard Butler! I know! I know, it's Gerard <laughs> Butler. It's like, oh my God! <laughs> It's, it's, it's Gerard Butler and it's a bit like with King of Staten Island where I heard it was good but I refuse to believe that it could be yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like they go it's Gerald Butler what's happening in it well the world's ending there's big massive asteroids falling out of the sky we're like oh my god we have seen this film so <laughs> I, 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 and there's someone to rescue yeah, a the, child the, possibly yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing, this, seeing the trailer for this and going hang on isn't this Geostorm? Isn't this the film he I made? I was going to say, yeah, Geostorm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I remember, Goodness. it's like, is it, but that's a film that once you see the production, once you see the trailer, you straight up go, this was supposed to be on a big screen. They yeah. made this to be yeah. on a big screen and the pandemic has screwed those plans up. And what, what I think will be interesting, whatever shape or form we have cinema in when it comes back, I wonder if some of the films that have, been released on home uh have been released on uh home entertainment but never got a chance to be in the cinema i wonder whether they're going to get like a weekend or something like that in cinemas yeah well they'll suddenly go you know what these pandemic films deserve a watch oh, if be... i suddenly disappear it's because i forgot to charge my phone earlier uh, and uh, i'm down to about three percent all right no, so you've right. all gone very dim so <laughs> <Okay>. if i <laughs> Okay. So no, no going, problem. but I may suddenly disappear. No problem. We will wrap up in this moment, but I just thought I think that's a brilliant idea. I think that they should have pandemic films week or something like that. Yeah, where yeah, you, go yeah, to, yeah. you go to cinema and these are all we'll the films there. that were supposed to have been in the cinema but never got a chance because it had to be released on home. I would so be there. Ah, oh, news yeah, of the world on the big screen. Film yes, festival. please. <laughs> yes, please. I'll take my money. We need to keep you guys going. Anyway, yeah. until next week when we might watch Gerald Butler trying to punch an asteroid in the face or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for listening. Please do get in touch. Mm-hmm.